Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing. Shut up, old man, I ain't going nowhere. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. 60 minutes falls out, let the paramedics sort them out. I must break you. Welcome to the Rewatchables. This classic episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor for the BS podcast, as well as the easiest way to shop for the best tickets thanks to their revolutionary grading system. Everything is fully guaranteed. Just go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app today. This is a podcast that we did initially with Mark Titus back in March during March Madness about blue chips for the Sports Movie Hall of Fame, which we have shoehorned in to the Rewatchables feed. Mark Titus, Chris Ryan, myself, Blue Chips, an underrated classic. Not a rewatchable Hall of Famer, but definitely a sports movie Hall of Famer. Here we go. Blue Chips, we thought we would do it because it's March Madness. And I, you know, I was out of college when this movie came out, but I remember reading about it, hearing about that it was happening, and it came out in February 1994. And the big thing, there were two things that stood out. One was that they were really playing the games. Yeah. This was like, they were writing about this as it was happening. They were like, it was William Friedkin, the uh, director of The Exorcist, some other stuff. French Connection. French Connection. I got some Friedkin trivia for you coming up. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the big thing was, oh, yeah, basketball movies, they're too scripted. They're too choreographed. Mm-hmm. He's going to let these dudes play. And then it was like, it's not just the guys in the game, but it's also they got all these other college players. So we'll talk about that in a second. And Shaq and Penny were in it was the other wrinkle and it was supposed to be this unflinching look at the NCAA. So there was a lot of buzz when this movie came out. And I remember it came out in like the right kind of weekend. It was like a month before March Madness. There was real excitement for it. And uh, and it kind of fizzled. Roger Ebert liked it though, I remember. Not surprising. So of all the movies we've done for this, I was wondering why this one I hadn't really thought about in a long time. Hadn't rewatched it a lot. Hmm. This is the one that actually has the most contempt for its subject. Like, I don't think this movie <laughs> likes college basketball. It at definitely all. doesn't. No. Unflinching. <laughs> it does not. So it's kind of weird because, like, even it in any not. given Sunday, where those guys are emotionally paralyzed, drug addict, abusive maniacs, Oliver Stone clearly thinks football players are gods. Yeah. But in this movie, I mean, like the Ron Shelton stuff. You know, Ron Shelton wrote and directed White Man Can't Jump. He obviously loves basketball, but. It is not a movie that is is like affectionate towards its subject matter at all. That was another part of the buzz. I forgot about that, Ron Shelton, because it was coming up, Bull Durham, White Men Can't Jump. Yeah. It's like, now he's tackling college basketball. And I think for, I don't know what, who was running the NCA, but they allowed the uniforms to be used, which I think, it's I don't crazy. think that'll ever happen again. I can't believe Bob Knight agreed. They to let Bob Knight, insane. Bob Knight's in that's it. Insane. And then I think at the last second, they changed it from NCAA to like NCSA or yeah, something, like like something like that. But all right, Titus, you played basketball in college at Ohio State. What was the single most ridiculous thing that happened in this movie for you? It, it all kind of felt, so I, I just got done watching it and, I kind of felt like I, I imagine Neil deGrasse Tyson feels when he watches every movie he watches where he's like, where he, he's well, actually, you know, for every scene and yeah. picking out the stars. It's, it's so close to being accurate, but it's not there. It's like the uncanny Valley or of, of college basketball where it's like, I see where you're trying to make this, but yeah, it's so far off that it just is, it's, it's all, it all was comical to me. Like, the one scene that, that stood out the most to me is uh, Butch McRae comes in and says he's homesick. And he says, coach, I, I can't run the motion offense. And me and Tate looked at each other like, who can't run the motion offense? Right. Like, it's a motion offense. Like, he wants to play 1-4. Yeah, like he wants that. to play 1-4. He's like, I so just what's 1-4? That's basically Russell Westbrook's yeah, offense in OKC right now. Give everybody yeah. out yeah, of the way. It's the early right. dribble drive. There's yeah. stuff like that where the movie thinks it's so smart. And like you said, it wants to be authentic and it wants to be. But then... I would almost rather just be like super campy and just like, and and, and not try to do that. Cause it's, it's taking itself so seriously. Like, Hey, we have the most authentic basketball movie. And then basketball people are like, actually, no, you don't at all. This is, this is way also off. Also the concept of not really being able to figure out how to use Butch McRae played by Penny Hardaway, who is like one of the most perfect basketball player bodies slash talents ever. He's like, ah, I don't know. We can't fit him into our motion <laughs> offense. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure he could have fit he in, in fit any offense. Yeah, right. This guy was way more gifted than any other player. So the, the concept or the uh, plot of Blue Chips, 
Pete Bell. Yeah. A, a, just an unabashed Bob Knight ripoff, which made it really weird that Knight's in yeah. the last scene because it's like. But he's, is he, is it set in, he's coaching in Western, is he's coaching to be UCLA. Western University. Is that supposed to be UCLA? Yeah, this was another, this it was another like gripe LA. I have is that they didn't just sell out and make it Indiana because they based the guy off Bob Knight. They have the French lick scene. They filmed the thing in Indiana. Yeah. The, the gym that they filmed it in was a high school in Indiana, like about an hour north of uh, Indianapolis, like this rural high school. And then they sell out and like make the school be on the West Coast. And right. I'm thinking, why not just make the the school Indiana? It's one funny to watch one... it now with all the like with the Ball Brothers all going to UCLA, oh, and they're yeah. like, "Oh man, we just can't get guys to come to Los Angeles." Yeah, it's right. like UCLA has never yeah. not had guys. Yeah. Right. It's so that one on one with Robbie Benson. I think that one was called like Big State or something like that, and that was also set in LA. But I was like, when <laughs> when they don't just use they don't they're not yeah. allowed to use the college's name. So Pete Bell is trying to do things the right way, mm-hmm. and he's starting to lose, and the boosters and the press are. So now he finally decides, maybe it's time. He's gonna let JT Walsh get his hands on his program. Is this your favorite JT Walsh performance of all time? No, my favorite is by far A Few Good Men. Okay, Colonel, so Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Markinson. Yeah, yeah. He's what a about ghost. you, Titus? I, I would say it's my. Fa- I mean, I'm JT Walsh passed away probably before I got to really enjoy him, and I, I guess that's kind of what makes this movie interesting. Maybe I'm jumping ahead too far, but I watched this way after the fact. Like yeah. when I, I was seven years old when this movie came out, so right. I was my dad was like, "No, you're not watching this. They say bad words or whatever." So I wait. I had to wait till later, and when I watched it, it felt like. Well, duh. Like, what, what's the point of this movie? You're, you're trying to expose that this is how the NCAA is? And it's like, well, yeah, I know I this already. people really knew in So I'm asking you guys, like, yeah. when it came out, was this like a, whoa, that's how that's how the college basketball really is? I think that's what they were going yeah, for. Yeah, and there were there had been a couple of, like, big sanctions, like, around then. Like, if I'm trying to remember. Well, there was, was I mean, I you think, had point shaving scandals in the 80s. Yeah, and like, you also, I think that's after Cal's UMass team with Camby. No, had, no, that was after that this. That was after? Yeah, yeah that was there after. Been some, there have been some big programs. It was like UNLV that, was the big yeah, one that everybody UNLV, was looking yeah. at. Which is hilarious because Tarkanian's in the movie and he's re- he's recruiting Butch McRae and he, he said something. They have the scene where like Nick Nolte goes up and, and Tarkanian's like, yeah, I don't think we can get him in academically. Right. <laughs> that yeah. was probably the funniest part to me was Tarkanian yeah, saying he can't get someone in academically. You know what actually is my, my favorite <laughs> performance in this movie is Patino. As Richard in the really credits. Really convincing. As like Richard, as Richard Patino. Patino, yeah. But just like really good at like delivering those like great call ref. You're a great yeah. official. <laughs> right. So this was 94. They're making a 93. I got to say like we didn't have the internet back then. Unless Sports Illustrated did like a big piece about the yeah. NCAA for something. Nothing really happened. Like ESPN was. And they probably had outside the lines back then. But I don't feel like ESPN was breaking yeah. journalism. It was on like after they did. like so I, I mean. I didn't know anything. Like I, I remember reading the Fab Five book by Mitch Album and finding out stuff in that and being like, wow, these Be guys yeah. these guys can't can barely pay for their McDonald's right. and they're selling their jersey. Like so I do think there was some naivete. Yeah. Back then. I I'm now it seems ridiculous. Right. It's, that's what I mean. Like as as I watch it now, and even when I first watched it, I was like, Well duh, of course. Like what it, I mean, I, it's a cool movie, I guess, but you're not really telling us anything we don't know. And is the booster a hero to you or a villain? Um, well, my, my favorite part about the booster was when they have the confrontation and he, he tells coach bell, he's like, I didn't do, I didn't break any laws. You're the one who's breaking the NCAA laws. And and you're like, wow, that's a great point. He didn't break any laws. And then like two seconds later, he says, I fixed that one game. And right, you're yeah, right. I know. Like, Wait a second. <laughs> but he has that like much more, the straight, there's a good question because like he's very much set up as the villain, but there's that scene where he's like confronts him and he's like, you you have a, sh- a multi year contract and a shoe deal that makes these kids into a walking billboard. That's a- and I you know these kids deserve this money basically. Yeah, he says, "God damn it, coach, we owe this kid these kids." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and- even the way you're saying that is not. He's like saying he's got like spittle in like his angry. teeth. Yeah, and he's like, but that's that's the tension in this movie. I mean, this is a movie that basically at every point where you're expecting it to go into a sports trope that you would. You know, that makes you feel good. The reason you rewatch these movies ultimately is to feel good about these teams. I mean, the opening scene is just like Nick Nolte's like, it make me sick. Right. You know, for like five minutes. And you're just like, is this scene going to end? And he's just like, I I can't believe I have to watch you guys. Right. And it's like full on Jack from 48 hours, just like seven day hangover Nick Nolte. I feel yeah. like that would have saved this movie. And made it a real classic if it was actually Jack Cates from yeah. 48 Hours. Because <laughs> this team, I don't know what, what you're looking at. Yeah. Like just racial slurs yeah. just going totally over the line. But uh, 
Have you watched 48 Hours recently, I by sure the way? I sure have. Every year it ages worse. <laughs> and this is the my favorite movie of all time. And every year I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I love Jack Cates. Yeah. Like he was a family member. He's the worst guy. Uh, anyway, so there's a tension with the booster who, when they made this movie, the booster is like a bad guy. And yeah, now you watch now, it and you look yeah. at it and you go... And the booster had a point, man. Butch McCray got a house and his mom got a job. Ricky Rowe got a tractor. My question is like, what is his motivation? And the the obvious answer is he wants to see his alma mater or his favorite team be good. But is is that really? And what's the motivation for all the boosters that do this? Are are they just that rich? It worked in football. When you're like, we see rich people and they're like buying all this art. And I'm just like, deep. you like, see, why? Like, why are you? Just like, they don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, it's like the same thing with, that's a really good question is like, I don't really even understand boosters. Like, why would you spend that much money? It's like, what do you have to gain from it? It's, it's a way worse version of like youth sports parents. Yeah. Like the, the people that I see now, cause my kids play youth sports, like some of the most comical versions of them, but now give them like you know, hundreds of billions of dollars that, or yeah, millions of dollars. There's some sort of psychological thing where they think that they're, they're a part on the of the team, team and yeah. that's what it is. It's and you like, see that with I, like the college football yeah. teams a lot where it's like all of a sudden Houston, not, and I'm not like an expert, but like Houston got really good over the last five years. And one of the reasons is like the guy who like funds Houston's athletics program is like this billi- like oil billionaire, right? Like, or, well, like, the, f- the famous guy at UCLA was Sam Gilbert. He oh, was yeah. like the guy who, yeah, Sam Gilbert, by all accounts, was John program. Wooden's guardian angel. I mean, when Tate is the CEO of the ringer someday, yeah, and he's just raking in cash, donating you don't think money he's back to UNC. Decide, yeah, you don't think he's going to try to destroy up UNC's flailing oh, yeah, sports you don't think program? Tate's going to pay dudes under the table at UNC. <laughs> he would do it right now. Tate, you would, I, just, I would have paid for Wiggins. He would have paid for Wiggins. <laughs> but yeah, so the Pete Bell character, I'm not ever sure I like in this movie. And I think that's the fatal. There's two yeah. fatal flaws from a sports movie standpoint. One is that I don't know who the hero is. I think it's yeah. supposed to be Pete Bell because, you know, he goes through it. He sells out. He sells out with the booster. And then they win the big game. But it's no chill scene. Like, it's very it's very anti-chill scene They don't do a good job with the last play. I don't right. even really know what the last play what was. It like an it was, alley-oop to It was to also Shaq. a regular season game. Yeah, right. It wasn't, it wasn't like... It wasn't yeah. March Madness or anything like that. Yeah. And then he gives this crazy press conference and his career's over. And then... So I'm supposed to be like, great job, coach. You don't have a job anymore. And you've <laughs> totally embarrassed these kids you recruited. Ah, yeah, there's like... Some, good I, luck. There's a very tacked on redemption of him showing a kid on at a playground how to shoot a jumper yeah, uh, that just feels like it was like we gotta put one later. bumper on here that like just yeah. because it's just also like when would any like even in in the 90s like old men showing up on playgrounds at night to show guys how to shoot jumpers just like was it like, and little kids <laughs> out on a playground at 10 at, <laughs> right. 10 at night like playing and it's like oh cool dark. yeah show me how to shoot a jumper with one hand that's great. yeah that's a little weird all right would you want to play for nick nolte titus uh I, I don't think so. No, uh, th- that was another, the, the whole Pete Bell character was another thing that was so close to being accurate, but not accurate that I would, kind of was frustrated by it. Um, cause he was obviously a Bob Knight ripoff, but Knight wasn't the, the misconception about Knight was that he was just always yelling and screaming and always just like really angry and stuff. Knight was very even keeled for most of the time. He just was like, he would say things that were really harsh, but he'd say with a straight face and very calm about it. And then he would snap. And when he'd snap, like that's when you get the chairs thrown and the, he's bringing a whip into press conferences and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was another thing I was like kind of frustrated is that this guy's just a maniac at at, at every second of, of practice and games and his, pep talks and all that kind of stuff. And how so, did that appeal to Bobby Knight? And, Cause he, or maybe he just didn't read the script. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, probably not. I mean, did you ever play for hard, like a guy who was like a real hard ass? Oh like, yeah. I play, I grew up in Indiana. Like every, every coach in Indiana wanted to be Bob Knight. Like that right. was the thing. We, yeah. I played for a, my high school coach. We would run sprints and he'd say, we're running till you, till you get it or whatever, like whatever the time was. And we, we wouldn't get it. Cause I would probably be, not be able to get it and they'd be like we're running again and you know like every time you're running it you're getting slower because you're getting more tired and he was like no we're gonna keep doing this until you get it i'm like coach just it's it's simple science like my body is getting more tired yeah, as right. i'm doing this and so I, I definitely played for coaches like that that was that was all over you should have faked so. like a harder rhythm yeah. or something Those are things. but they always they did the thing where um I forget who the what the guy's name was the the kid who, who was shaving points um, early on before before he starts cheating before, Tony yeah. yeah Tony Tony so they do the thing where he's failing his TV class and and 
Coach Bell pulls him to the side and they do the little thing. And he's like, how's, 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 how's class going? How's life? How's that? And it's, that's the scene that's supposed to say like, I'm a hard ass and I'm going to yell at you and scream at you. But at the end of the day, I'm going to make you a better man. And I'm here, yeah. I'm your buddy and all that kind of stuff, which is like, it's the thing that IU fans, when they talk about Bob Knight is they always circle back to that. Like you might hate him, but his players loved him. He was, right. he turned them into men and all he that kind of stuff. He drove that player's though. girlfriend to Planned Parenthood yeah. that time. When, <laughs> when he would grab that player's neck, he was doing it from a place of love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I mean, so wait, let me ask you, do you think that this movie is different if the character is written the same but Paul Newman is playing Pete Bell? I don't think it's Paul a Newman's good... a little old for that, but like let's just say someone like with that kind of like cuz Nick Nolte is a great actor, but I don't know necessarily that Nick Nolte especially at that point in his life is what you would call a charismatic actor. Th- there's been good Nolte and there's been bad Nolte. Yeah. I think this is somewhere in the middle. And what's your favorite Nolte? 40, 48 hours? 48 hours. He's the best. Cause I really just think that's very close to what he's probably like, you know, all the time. But he was also like, when, when I was a kid, he was a guy from rich man, poor man. And he was like going to be the next huge A-list star yeah. and all this stuff. The next Ryan O'Neill. And then, yeah, <laughs> ba- but he basically became Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. He became this hard drinking type of guy, but I don't. So if you look at, you're looking at uh 94, right? So it's gotta be somebody within that Bobby Knight kind of, Age of Paul Newman would have been too old. I mean, Pacino could have done it. Pacino hmm. would have been, but we saw Pacino as a football yeah. coach. I would have rather have had that. Nicholson might have been the right age range. I don't know how that would have played. I mean, he knows basketball, but then it would just be like, come on, it's Jack Nicholson. Who wouldn't take take his money? Like, it let's could have go. been just Gene Hackman. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Gene Hackman. They, ripped off, Gene Hackman back. they ripped off Hoosiers with the, uh, they had Ricky Rowe doing the, the farm shooting thing like he was Jimmy Chitwood. Yeah. There's that scene. And then there was a, before the big game where they play Indiana, um, Coach Bell tells Ricky, he's like, those goals out there are 10 feet, just like your goal back home in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is a little too on the nose. Like, what are we doing here? You know? So why the, night, had, the Bobby Knight Hoosiers hangover was a real thing in 1994 because Hoosiers at that point, I don't think it's aged as well as Hoosiers came out in 86. For the next mm-hmm. 15 years, it's the number one sports movie. In any argument, what's the best sports movie? It's Hoosiers. There might have been a case for uh, The Natural for a little while, but then The Natural hasn't aged well either. And now, now I don't even. Now I guess it depends on the era. Yeah, and then like, mm-hmm. Tate, what's your favorite sports movie ever? Hoosiers, Tate. Yeah, probably he got game. He got game. <laughs> he got game. What's your favorite? Hoosiers. I'm from Indiana. Hoosiers. Okay. You, yeah. So my mine's still Hoosiers, but I yeah. can see the case against it now. Yeah, I mean, also Hoosiers has the exact opposite message of this movie, which is <laughs> right. that which basketball is basketball good. will and redeem pure. you, and this movie is like basketball yeah. ultimately will corrupt you unless you're playing in the most purest form of like high school basketball. Hold on. So it I, has the Hoosiers thing, and it has the Bobby Knight Halo because this is coming yeah. off season in the brink, him coaching Steve Alford and all those guys, and then Key Smart, the title team. And there was still Bobby Knight mystique. So I think it took advantage of both. By of the way, uh, Nick Nolte apparently shadowed Bob Knight to like get yeah, an idea for, for months. The, um, the, the season he shadowed him, IU went to the final four and then they never, he never, Bob Knight never went to another final four the rest of his career. After Nolte put a curse on him. <laughs> you think that was it? The blue chips <laughs> curse. He never he went back to the final whiskey. four. <laughs> so that was another fun part of this movie is you know, they use the real basketball players and it's this who's who of dudes from 93. Somehow Jalen and C-Web, not in there, but uh, Cal Chaney, Rick Fox Bobby Hurley, Rick Fox, Rodney Rogers. It was a movie about paying players. Why, why was George, yeah. George, George Lynch, Lynch, Lynch in there? Uh, the Fab Five didn't want to be in there because it was Chris Mills. Wasn't Alan Houston? We saw Alan yeah, Houston Alan was Houston. in there. Yeah. George Lynch. Come on, Tate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geert Hammock. Travis Ford. <laughs> Travis Ford. Travis yeah. Ford was in there? Yeah. A lot of I good ones. Him, yeah. So on the big screen watching, I'd be like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. And it was one of those things. But um, ultimately the basketball was fun to watch, but it kind of felt like a sports center. I actually wish they should have, they probably should have choreographed it more. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, there enough, wasn't enough either. That was like, if you're going to have all these great guys and that's like kind of the hook of your movie is we're, we have real scenes. Like give us more of that. Yeah, it's kind of like why white men kind of works really well is even though it's obviously that it's obvious that uh, Wesley can't really play that well. Yeah, they, all the slow mo stuff and the fact that it's just a two man game, so that they can play, they can do more creative, weird alley oops and stuff like that. It, with this, it's like it's almost just like a hyper version of television broadcast of basketball. Yeah. I think they went too far with it, but I actually think he felt like they were breaking new ground with the way they were yeah, shooting right. it. But it turned right. out to be a mistake. Ironically, the best basketball scene in this entire movie 
is Bob Cousy making 10 straight free throws. <laughs> which, Great performance from Cousy. Cousy during the press conference is great. So, just like him putting his head in his hands. Oh, like, yeah. oh, my God. So I remember when this movie was on cable, they did the little, um, you know, when they're, when they're between movies on HBO uh, and they run like the little 10-minute thing about the movie. And there was something about that scene in the, in the little vignette thing. And apparently that wasn't in the script for him to make all those. So when you watch it, Nick Nolte goes, God, don't you ever miss? Like, that's like ad yeah, like right. Kuzi's just boom, boom, boom. And then goes he lefty, lefty on the last yeah, one. He lefty. He's like 68 years old or something at the I, time that that was happening. That, that is amazing. I love that we all like just buy into that scene as though it, it, it makes sense because it's Bob Because you see him, you need to see Bob Kuzi. You don't see like the athletic Vin, director. He's playing AD. Vic though. Vic but, BAD. But if you... If you like step back and apply and look at it as part of the story, the athletic director is talking to the coach about the team and they're just sitting there shooting free throws. Like that, that has never happened right. on any college the, campus. The most in the unrealistic country. scene in this movie might be Bob Cousy coming into the locker room after the first loss in the, in the movie. And he's just like, Hey, it's okay. We'll get him next time. Yeah, right, right. You guys played your hearts out. It's like, what AD ever saw yeah, this? No, like yeah. That's not happening. I yeah. think that part of what I want, like Blue Chips is almost a little too early in in, in history where I, I wish, because you start, you've seen too many movies about these hard-ass coaches yeah. who actually have a heart of gold. It would be cool to either get a movie that was about a real slick guy, like a Calipari Patino type, and like kind of chasing the night kind of guy, oh. or a real like technocrat Brad Stevens type dude who's like young. He'd be the worst sports movie character. Yeah, yeah but if Butler, really if Butler, I love Brad Stevens, but God, that'd be boring. If Butler won the title, like that would have been a perfect. That would Cinder- have to be like a Christian sports movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, give it like a religious bit. <laughs> I was thinking watching Blue Chips. Really, it missed its calling as a Netflix series. Yeah, it doesn't really have a beginning yeah. or an ending. And then yeah, when it, it just kind of has to have like the, the ending and so has. Would you, but if you got to the end of the first season of Blue Chips and that was how it ended, wouldn't you be like, ugh? Then it's like the NCAA is coming after him. Yeah. You string that out for like two, three years, right? The point shaving um, scandal could have been the season one cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. You might just keep going and going with it. The point shaving thing to me is the most unrealistic scene. Not that they'd shave points, but that... They were able to solve it with a with a cassette, with a video cassette yeah, yeah. in five minutes. Like it's and it's just, just like no, a five guys Tony, being like, Tony, Tony's looking at these like, No, it can't be him at all. Tony's <laughs> looking at the clock and yeah. then just throwing it to the other team. I do it's like, like, wait a second. Do you think you're shaving? Yeah, he might have been. He in had the 11 history turnovers. of cinematic point shaving, do you like this or the 20-minute point shaving scene in The Gambler? <laughs> <laughs> this is worse. The Gambler is like a movie about blackjack until the third act of The Gambler is a is like a movie about Mark Wahlberg watching guys shave points. Right. And, and then and then it go the ending is just him playing black or red in roulette. It's like should we have a more ambitious gambling ending? No, no, just just have him play black or red it could be over. I see if I was a college coach and maybe I'm just a cynical bad person. I would always be worried about my guys shaving points. Because my guys aren't getting paid and there's so much money bet on college basketball that if we were like favored by nine and my point guard were up 15, he's he's looking up at the clock during every play and then throwing it to the other team, I would immediately be suspicious. I I, I don't know if this is uh, obvious to you guys or not, but um, we every year to start the season, we would have a meeting with an NCAA person who would talk about point shaving and the NCAA makes this video that's just as like terrible as you would assume it is and they they try to scare all the players and we all have to watch it uh at the start of every college basketball season i don't know if that was just like the big 10 did you guys laugh through it like it was like a sex ed video or is it would anybody be kind of like sweating sex ed videos like there'd be some guys that would you know like kind of just be like oh i didn't know that was a thing and i'm i'm just laughing hysterically like this is so stupid that we're doing this guys not to get anybody you know indicted but do you think that uh guys don't shave points, but do prop stuff. Like if there's a prop bet for like first team to get a foul shot or something. I'm not, I'm not trying to to cover up. I, I honestly, when I was there, like no one had any, I, everyone's just so like one track mind. Like yeah. they want to score a lot of points and make the NBA. They want to get laid after the game. And yeah. that's pretty much their only existence. They don't care about Very prop bets on that. Or like, get laid during the game as, yeah. as they're trying to make right. the like NBA. Th- those they can combine those two. That's, that's all they care about. Um, so I'm sure there are exceptions, obviously. But that was, that was another part of the movie that was just ridiculous to me was that they it's like they got together and and had a brainstorming session of what's all the scummy things that happen in college sports yeah and they made a list and then they had to check every single box for this one program and this one year like or this 
this one moment in time at this one program, like this never happens all at once. Like it's just one program, maybe is buying cars and then the other program shaving points and the other programs do it. But to have one program, like doing literally everything where you got the academic stuff and the, the, the recruiting stuff and the point shaving, it's like, that's, that's not how it quite works, but what is the last time? I mean, when is the last time like somebody has gone from like mediocre to like best recruiting class in the nation and that hasn't resulted in something happening afterwards? Something. I think we're going to find that out with Washington. With Washington? Yeah, because they're going to get faults in uh, Washington. Yeah. And the kid that who's the kid this year? Uh, Michael Porter's Michael coming Porter in Jr. His dad. Yeah, Fultz is leaving though, right? I know, but yeah. back to back years, they got like two. Because that's what like, kind of happened with SMU too, right? With the Moody right. year. Yeah, like yeah. where it was like SMU and it's like, yeah, Larry Brown's there and they've got like three amazing high school players. And it was like, gee, really? Like, and it, it took like six months for that to go wrong. Am I, that, that's right, right? Yeah. Then, yeah. They, then he just got up. He just fell the sword for the team. Sure. Larry Brown, I remember, selfless. I remember at Grantland when we we made some big low key signings. I remember I was getting accused yeah. <laughs> back then of what's going on. I is still he, love is my he tractor. Paying these guys, yeah. and it turned out I was. We were I paying also, I was guy. I was sort of bummed watching it now. Uh, Blue chips that they were they weren't clever enough with with how they re- recruited the they, they pulled off these recruiting violations because now like the kid Michael Porter Jr. his dad was hired as an assistant coach on Washington staff and like that's yeah. how you do it and and the, the, you got to find these new ways to to get the money and to get the guys the the job you didn't just stuff. drop Alexis you know, off yeah, and yeah, give the kids here's the not JT Walsh just, walking around a parking yeah. lot being like my money is laundered right. Right. it's scrubs <laughs> you'll never find it <laughs> he goes to the coach's TV show he's yeah. this crooked booster it's like come on in coach oh he's there with ricky Rowe. they showed up together the, the other the other really strong thing that stood out to me and um i i just feel like i need to mention it is the wife or the ex-wife i guess mary mcdonald who her entire existence is based around her ex-husband and and her, her entire view of him is based on how he coaches and how he handles his professional life yeah that like he comes over to her house and she's like no you lied to me and you're like yeah you did lie but then you step back and you're like he lied about like his job like what is this how does this affect your personal relationship that he may or may not be paying his players and she's just way too into this team especially because she's not even married she feels like she's almost tacked on because there is no moral compass in this movie so they have to make somebody who's like this is bad you know titus let me introduce you to a very important error in sports movies the is wet that, blanket the, girlfriend slash wife. What, yeah, it is. this starts with Adrian Balboa and Rocky Two, which was 79. And for about a 15, 20 year stretch there, any female character just had to be somebody that threw a wet blanket on yeah. the Isn't character. Is it when you say wet blanket? Is it like, did. I don't want you to get brain damage? I, no, I think that's a good, that would be a good thing, yeah. right? No. <laughs> This is just like she she really has no other role other than to be disapproving. Yeah. Which is how all the female characters are written in all these sports movies. And then eventually they started figuring out. But even that was rocky because that leads to Kelly Preston. Preston, Yeah. Yeah, But my my question (laughs) is, why not make her like just upset that he cares too much about his job and not enough about their marriage? And that's why it didn't work. And maybe that's her angle. But instead, like she cares almost more than he cares, and like wow. keep your integrity and all that kind of stuff, and or go the other way and just get, make it ridiculous and like Shaq had sex with her once during yeah, a yeah. tutoring <laughs> session. And Who do you think is, totally the, is the best actor out of out of uh, Matt Norver, Shaq, and Penny? So I'm glad you asked because I I thought about this a lot. The acting in this movie is pretty bad. I think Shaq stole a couple scenes. Shaq takes a lot of shit for his Mexico, acting. Guatemala, Belize, <laughs> El Salvador. Culturally biased or, or whatever. He's, the, he's funny or, a couple of times. And, and and I felt this way in the theater too. When he's in a scene, it's like, oh, cool, it's Shaq. But yeah. now it's like he's so giant that it's like young, skinny, whole life ahead of him, Shaq. I don't know. I kind of like seeing him in these scenes. I, he definitely has a sparkle in his eye. Penny Hardaway, you just kind of feel bad for. Yeah. My bit of trivia that I know about what was the guy that played Ricky Rowe? Would you Matt say Nover. Matt, Matt, Matt Norver? Matt Nover, whatever. Matt um, Nover. How do you he, try? How do you not know who Matt Nover is? He was like a role model for you. He was a six six he, shooter, <laughs> right? He uh, <laughs> he did play at IU. He was just like it was a little bit before my time. I was too young to. Um, but didn't you know the legacy of every white six every, foot six shooter in Indiana? Indiana. Um, he he slipped through the cracks. Uh, <laughs> he apparently played. Against Shaq in Shaq's final college game. I found this out that IU beat Shaq in Shaq's final college game, and Shaq went 12 for 12 from the free throw line. Did that's he? a bit of trivia. Wow. That's kind of maybe yeah. the extra weight that's threw a, off his. Yeah. That's, free throw is that thing. scientifically right? What happens in this movie where they're like, 
still Kozar, who's like, yeah, he went to the army and grew eight inches. And once his body caught up, like once his coordination yeah. caught up with how big he was, he became Magic Johnson again. Like, right. Yeah. I, I, is that how bodies work? <laughs> I think they, they're ba- growing at 5'8". So I don't they're know. basically yeah. saying Shaq was a desert, desert storm veteran. Vet yeah, it's like David Robinson, movie, right? It's supposed right, to be yeah. David Rock. He grew six but, inches in the military. And but played. yet he's in Louisiana, in this part of Louisiana that I don't. I've never even Algiers, to take yeah. a boat. But to they get also to he's also the in, a in Euro, he's been in Europe and played J- JUCO. Yeah. So he's twenty five. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot I, of life. That's like Jack Kerouac right there. Like, I also love the. I, I could see this in nineteen seventy three, but in nineteen ninety three, that there's some franchise center nobody's heard yeah. of. He's just in Algiers, just, just playing basketball. Tucked away on a on a nine and a half foot rim or whatever that was that he's just abusing those poor kids trying to guard him. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it would be absolutely impossible to have that character today because it would be like the Thon McCurr, like that would be the YouTube mixtape would already be up about this kid no matter what. Would you have ever gone to a coach and said, I want 30K in a tractor? I wish I would have. I I wanted a coach to just want me at all. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's that's... Just the audacity of that. That's what I mean. Like there are a lot of scenes like that. I'm sure it does happen. I, I'm not good enough. Would to Evan know. Turner have done that? No. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't and think it works. And like he that. was the most uh, self assured person you ever right. played with. Right. But I also I should note that when I was at Ohio State, I was kept away from the recruits, and it was explained to me. Really, I was the only guy during the four. I was of all my teammates, I was the only guy on the team for the four years that never once hosted a recruit. Even like the other walk-ons Wait, hosted recruits. And I, I brought Probably it up to Coach Mata, who I love. I, I love Thad Mata to death, and he he really likes me. And I brought it up to him one time, and his answer was, we didn't let you host recruits because we wanted the recruits to come here. <laughs> that was all he said. <laughs> That feels flat out of something. Like, you know what? I, I I respect that. I respect that decision, Coach. That was that. So, <laughs> so big winners of this movie. I think Bob Cousy won. Yeah. Um, Rick Pitino. R- Richard Pitino. Yeah. How about Ed O'Neill getting to play a guy named Ed? Ed O'Neill playing a guy named Ed, who's I guess oh. the Pulitzer yeah, Prize winning investigator. Yeah, we should talk that- about Ed O'Neill's character because. The other thing that jumped out to me is he's got the lead on this big case. It's going to be the case of this entire program. And instead of like kind of maneuvering behind the scenes or like asking coach privately, he, he like breaks his story in front of everybody. Yeah. But he doesn't really have a story yet. He's just like, I got to ask. I wouldn't be doing my job like if, if I didn't you ask you. Yeah. Like, like, Bill, if you if you had like evidence that LeBron was doing PEDs, which I know you do. I know you have a lot of evidence. <laughs> You're not gonna, you know what I mean. I do not have evidence. But if you had, if you had like, you some, break it on this. Podcast. If you had some juicy story, you wouldn't go to a press conference and just like throw it out to the whole world. You would, wouldn't you? you like, kind of go behind the scenes and try to build something. That's normally what reporters do. Yes, right. Like, yeah. isn't that, when that reporting is, I didn't go to journalism school, but I assume that's how it typically works. So that was kind of outrageous to me that that was just Ed O'Neill was just gratuitous casting. Yeah, yeah. It was mar- it was married with children era, and Mary Mary McDonald was. Coming off Dances with Wolves. And Independence Day. She was like in some of the biggest movies of, of the 90s. And uh, what was the other one? Grand Canyon? She was in Sneakers. She had a nice little run. Yeah. yeah. Never totally understood it. I think she caught she caught some bolt of lightning there. It was like the Penelope Ann Miller kind of, <laughs> just in a couple of movies where you're like, wow. Yeah. She's kind of kind of banging these the, out. Uh, when at the, the big climatic game um, when they beat Indiana, coach comes into the press conference and the the media is just clapping like going absolutely nuts right. like yeah. coach you did it i mean brian curtis would have a field day with that the brian curtis would not have liked he that. would not have liked that I like when he's like, how, many, how many rebounds did neon have and like it takes like five guys like, 13 <laughs> 13 imagine doc rivers would be like how many yeah. how many boards did he have <laughs> the the thing that you know so people are probably asking themselves well why did this make sports movie hall of fame then First of all, it's incredibly rewatchable for all its flaws. Yeah. It's just, it, it, there's never really a point in the movie where you're like, oh man, this is dragging <laughs> or, uh, oh man, let's fast forward. Everything's good. The music is excellent. Like that, they, they have this cool blues soundtrack at various points, but then they also use real songs. Like little the, Melon Camp at the end. Oh yeah. The Jimi yeah. Hendrix song when he's going to find out if Tony shaped points. Yeah. They're playing. I think it was all on the watchtower. Yeah. It's just, it's good. It's a well done basketball movie that is somehow not totally gratifying. And yet I, if it's on, I'm always like, oh, 
I'm I'm just gonna watch the one part with Shaq here, and I just find myself getting sucked in for these little. Stretches. It's definitely like a really interesting time capsule movie too, because yes. it's just that's that was right when that was right before you started just getting like a scandal du jour, and you would just you know like there would just be like a like this team would go up and this team would come down, and it was you know right it was just really when people I think were like before the internet, yeah, and people but there was enough information out there like you had your Street and Smith's annual like. Yearbooks yeah. and stuff, and people were like, "Oh man, Billy Owens is at Syracuse. Oh man, like Chris Webber is going to Michigan. Like Anthony Hardaway's going to yeah. Memphis. Like why is he going to Memphis? You know, like all this stuff that was like people were starting to figure that stuff out. Yeah, and th- it was just perfectly time for that. Yeah, because the '80s wasn't like that. Yeah, we we didn't know in the '80s so and so was going to this, this college was- or that or like I, I can't tell you one time that I ever heard other than. I guess there's two, Ralph Sampson and Patrick Ewing were the two big centers mm-hmm. where it was a huge deal where they're going to play. But they were like, Sampson was seven foot four and he was on the cover of SI. Yeah. And Patrick Ewing was like the greatest high school center. They thought he was going to be the next Bill Russell. But other than that, the guys would sneak up or there'd be like a Hakeem Olajuwon type story where it's like, they found there'd this be like guy a from New York Nigeria. point guard every once in a while. New York like, point guard, God, God. Like there would just be like a couple of guys. Like because the New York, they would wind up getting national press out of New York high schools and stuff. Like but I even, remember Kenny Anderson, Dennis Scott, and Brian Kenny Oliver was, big was like a huge thing. But like Larry Johnson ending up at UNLV and he was like 30 years old when he was there, but he was at JUCO <laughs> for two years. And they got him and they brought Stacey him in. Stacey might have been older. Yeah, but I, I like I never remember in the moment, like, oh, they got Larry Johnson. Mm. When everything changed was the Fab Five. Yeah. So that was like, I think, 91. But when they stacked that team and with the recruits, that was the first time I remember really paying attention being oh. Yeah. And I think oh, you started, is, to, like, Cal at Memphis, I started. Like, yeah, really being Sports like, Center Cal started Memphis playing it yeah. up. How do you get Derrick Rose? True, yeah. true, true. Yeah, but that was much later, though. How, what year is that? That was that was like. Uh, yeah, when did Cal start in Memphis? Yeah. Though? Cal, no, Cal. The UMass was the one. Cal when started, he started at UMass, in, uh, and it can yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. He was dirty at UMass, dirty at Memphis, but he cleaned. Well, up. we allegedly <laughs> dirty. He cleaned up his act when he got to Kentucky. Yeah, though, that's definitely for sure. cleaned up his act. Oh, uh, there was a coach, <laughs> uh, Coastal Carolina coach. Um, I remember hearing this. Saw the movie Blue Chips. His name was Russ Bergman, I think. Uh, he was he played with Pete Maravich actually, but um, saw the movie Blue Chips and. Basically, felt so guilty about what Pete Bell went through that he he admitted to some infractions based on changing lives. Yeah, like he came out of the movie like I need I need to clean my conscience here. Still a That's dirty it. program, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, yeah, allegedly. So yeah, like that was so, a thing that happened. So we had a lot of fun doing this with White Man Can't Jump. We gotta yeah. we gotta reboot it. Yeah. So let's reboot Blue Chips for now. So I'm glad you asked. I think it's a Netflix series. And I think the coach is the most important thing. But the Hmm. cool thing about rebooting anything now is all of these guys are so hungry to have this second life and in, you know, either as an actor or social media or whatever, I feel like you could get any player you want. Anybody under 25, like really like Emmanuel Moutier is not going to want to be yeah, in the Blue Chips remake right. and I all be these dudes. Yeah. I want to be like one of the available. token white dudes that's yeah. out yeah. there. You know, just, he's ready. He's in shape. Yeah. He's ready to it. be Rick, Ricky Rose, like son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, <laughs> but this is why I think Rick Fox is going to be remembered as somebody who's just way ahead of his time. Like Rick Fox, Blue Chips, Eddie, he got game. Bangs it out in a four-year oh, span. And us, and he's playing basketball, and he's about to win titles in the Lakers. Like he was a good player when he was doing all this stuff. He kind of saw the future. Mm-hmm. He saw how to parlay all these different things. Shaq went the other way. Shaq tried. Shaq didn't do the basketball thing as much. But yeah, I think with blue chips, the coach would be the key. So it's got to be somebody who's in that fifty to fifty-four range, right? That we have some history with. Yeah, so or you could do that? something younger. Like you could try to do like Jamie Foxx as like a shock of smart type Jamie, guy or something oh yeah, like that. I like how you switch colors on it. Well, just you could make somebody who's just like, I'm a young guy trying to break in here. And uh, like you could have a whole AAU subplot. You could have. So you're basically doing like the Andy Enfield, UN, be, USC yeah. type of. That'd be good with Shaka Smart because he was like the hot young coach of VCU and then he got to Texas and they suck now. So maybe he's like going through the, the like, Texas should I start, boosters. Should I start cheating? Should I start. Now you know? he's like the under 18s coach, just yeah. like conveniently, like going to get some signatures there probably. Or maybe yeah. you do it with uh, maybe it's a guy who's coaching Duke University. 
mm-hmm. who's had a lot of success, who also happens to be the Olympic team coach. Like Giamatti. And leverages the Olympic team connections for who? a huge recruiting advantage and then claims that he's all about education, but it's just one and Jack done Nicholson every year. Is Jerry Colangelo. I don't know who that coach would be, but I said maybe that's somebody. Maybe this coach, like he hires an old assistant of his who got fired from his other job for recruiting violations. <laughs> and then when that assistant comes to the program, they start landing five stars left and right. Yeah. Like maybe a coach like that, for example. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Something like, and it yeah. always seems like he's going to retire, but it yeah. never does. Yeah, that's and, interesting. And uh, this, that he be. has this other rival at a school, maybe in this, like in Kentucky, somewhere like that, yeah. <laughs> that everyone blames for this stuff. Cool. I think that that's a cool work. idea. That's you cool like that you came one? up with that by yourself. <laughs> Costner? Um, mm. I don't know what Costner, I, the thing that you got to have is somebody, Costner doesn't strike me as somebody who can be that morally compromised. Like, I feel like you need, like, Alec Baldwin. Like Michael Douglas? Yeah, somebody who's Alec just, Baldwin like, Baldwin turns it into, like, an yeah. SNL sketch. Yeah, hey, right. Alec Baldwin now, anything he's in is an SNL sketch. I can't take him as a real actor anymore. Giamatti would be good. No, stop selling me on Giamatti. Just Giamatti stop. would be a good... <laughs> just stop. Like, I've been coaching New York basketball for 25 years. <laughs> that would be funny. I, I just had it. I played for Lou Conaseca. You reminded me of something. If Tom Hanks is in Blue Chips... If Tom Hanks Ooh. is Pete Bell, that would be great. Is it a totally but different movie? Didn't Tom Hanks make that movie? It's a league of their own. Yeah, but he's like kind of drunk, pot-bellied version of Pete Bell. I don't really yeah. know, like what Nolte was going for with Pete Bell. I think is one of my issues with with the movie. It's like he didn't really have a vice. Yeah, he, except though there is one scene. This is there's not a lot of like. Um, Oh man, this is so nostalgic to see. Like, there's a couple like Shaq wearing Zubas or whatever scenes, but there's one part scene where when uh, Ricky comes in to be like, "I'm gonna come to college here, so I want thirty grand," and the cutaway is Nick Nolte sitting on the couch and he's got a, a giant glass of high C. And it's like before we knew sugar was bad, so it's just like an old man drinking fruit punch. And it's just amazing. I was just like, oh yeah, that was before you knew that would kill you. Like, like he's gonna die in two years. Well, with the first sports movie Hall of Fame pod we did, we talked about how '96 was kind of the cutoff, yeah, and how everything '96 and after. It just became more nuanced. Yeah, and more knowing sense. about the world of sports. It wasn't just like, hey, here's a college basketball movie, and we're going to try to tell you everything about college basketball in 100 minutes. The ambition became much more like characters. Let's pick yeah. a piece of college basketball, blow it out. He Got Game, which is another movie, a lot, you know, it's a lot about college basketball. It does it so much more effectively than Blue Chips. Blue Chips is like the blown out parody version right. of a college that's my, basketball. That's movie. my gripe, is that it. It has zero nuance whatsoever. It's just like trying to show everybody what college basketball is. And I guess maybe if you don't know, that's interesting. But for someone like me who kind of lived that, it's like this is just absolutely ridiculous. The reality is that we just all like college basketball. And and I know all the college basketball movies that have ever been made. And I think I've seen all of them a combined 500 times. Yeah. Because you go back to one-on-one with Robbie Benson, Fast Break, my favorite sports movie of all time. That's... (laughs) That's uh, I think is banned from cable because it's so inappropriate for so many reasons. <laughs> How have we made um, it this long without talking about the gratuitous Larry Bird? Oh, yeah, I was saving that for the tail end. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> it's post retirement legend. They go we'd see his house, which I have to admit in 1994 I might have might have popped one. <laughs> <laughs> I just ran my pants, just might have lost it. But uh, but. Then he's like, I'll take you to Ricky. I know where he lives. But then he's not in the next scene. Yeah. It's like the- <laughs> that, you know what that meant? They got Larry Bird for one it, day of shooting. And, yeah. And he's and somebody called in like the biggest favor of all time. Yeah. yeah. And he also he also says, Coach, what do you want? Like he, he you you live in a town of two hundred people and there's this five star recruit and this college coach from LA flies to your town and comes to see you and then you go like so what is it? What do you want, coach? And and, and Nick Nolte's like, I want to talk to Rick and he's like, Oh, oh, is that what you want? And like like yeah, he's shocked. Of yeah. course. Like what? That's why you're That's also like the, uh, the I, I would Gossett never Junior cameo. That happens like when Luke Gossett walks out and he's like, everybody wants a piece of butch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. $50. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, $50. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I forgot about the that Luke Gossett camera. Yeah. yeah. Of the recruiting. Mm. Slayer Bird. I think this was his only movie appearance. Was that the house that he was at when he hurt his back? Was that yeah. the one? That's the. 
Yeah, what's that was the end of the early Celtics '90s movie? Celtics diary. What's the Daniel Stern movie? The Celtics, oh, Celtics Pride. And Larry doesn't have a cameo in there. No, Larry doesn't have a cameo. He's in Space Jam. Oh, yeah. he's in Space Jam. Yeah, yeah. he's in Space Jam. They got Larry Bird and Bob Knight in this movie. That and is Bob like, Cousy. And Bob, that is absolutely Bob shocking. Cries. Absolutely shocking. Bob Cousy wins the movie. Bob Cousy. Yeah. yeah. Biggest loser. Probably Matt Nover. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It's he's it's like Shaq and it's Penny and then it's Matt Nover. Yeah. And then Bob Knight's I mean uh, Nick Nolte's just really mean to him twice. Yeah. Get out of here, Ricky. Like you just I thought you were trying to recruit this guy. You're kicking him out of his office. Yeah. And then he's being to him a second time. He tells him when to he get gets out. the car, yeah. Yeah, it's like throws the keys at him. Another you get big out of winner here. from this from this movie is the Orlando Magic. Yeah. So we didn't Dude. mention that part. Because they filmed this movie right after they had made the penny trade and was Shaq and Penny together. And then they had a fun first season together. I think that I think that's how it went. Was they was it the ninety four draft? I thought they or made the movie and Shaq was like, "I love this guy." Is that is that's that what it was? That's juicy. No, they were, that's what happened. I think they, they were they, filming it, and like, Shaq liked them. Blue Something chips like brought that. the the those two together. I think That'd it be, did. That's amazing. Yeah, so then this. That's what they said in this magic moment. He was like, "I like playing with this guy." Yeah, he was yeah, so yeah. impressed by the play of Hardaway that he strongly encouraged the Orlando Magic to draft him, according yeah. to Wikipedia. Wow. So, so blue chips swung true. the Orlando Magic wow. thing, and then that comes out and they're together. But like, what's the equivalent of it? It would almost be like if Durant and Westbrook had been in blue chips. In but then the domino effect is if blue chips doesn't get made, does Penny never go to the Magic, and does Shaq never then go to the Lakers? Penny's on the Warriors. C-Web goes to Orlando and C-Web and Shaq are feuding immediately, I think. Right. I, I don't think they ever get yeah. along at yeah. any point of that. That's like the boogie Anthony Davis thing, how that's going to play out. But at the time, it was like stunning when they took, it was like, oh my God, yeah. Shaq and C-Web are going to be in the same team. This is going to be like the greatest basketball team of all time. Now it's like they, the Warriors would just space them out. You'd have to take one of them off the floor. Uh, blue Chips, final grade? Uh B minus for me. So you would not have put this in the Hall of Fame. No, but it's just I think it it's, has to it's be just in the different because it's not a movie that is like lovable. So all these other movies in their own way are like either like really campy or they're like just really feel good movies or they're really smart. Yeah. This one's like good, but it's like it's definitely just like an unflinching dark look at sports. As a comedy, it's an A, A minus for me. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentional comedy. Unintentional comedy. Yeah. Um as like uh, whatever it was trying to be, I'd say like a C, yeah, C minus. What do you gonna like say? That. I think when I, whenever I wrote about this, I remember comparing it to Penny Hardaway's NBA career. Yeah, it's just an incredible amount of promise. Started out great, really. Blue Chips first half hour is really good. Yeah, um, some bumps, ultimately not that satisfying, and yet. Kind of a tiny bit underrated and now important. after all these years. And yeah, you'll remember it. Yeah, as it's definitely get unique. Older and, it's yeah. one of a kind. Penny was one of a kind. Um, better than you remembered, mm -hmm. which I think it goes the same for Penny. Like Penny was first team All NBA in '95 or '96, one of those years. Led a team to the finals with Shaq. Made 140 million dollars or 150 million dollars something. It's not like he was a bust. Like he had a pretty good career. And I think that's the blue chips legacy. It's. It's totally watchable. I don't think that, like, I know there are people that, like, they love He Got Game. There are people that, like, they love White Men Can't Jump. Or, like, Hi. people like me that love Fast Break. Yeah. I don't know if there's... Is there, like, a Blue Chips hive? A blue Chips. Yeah, yeah. yeah the people like, Blue Chips, that's my movie, Is man. That when Tony was point shaving. Yeah. 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 I love I it when he drinks High C. <laughs> yeah. But really, like, for a 10-year stretch, it's the only college hoop movie of its time. A lot of blue chips posters. Great poster. No, okay. Great yeah, poster posters. with Shaq and, and Nolte on it. One of the one of the best posters, yeah. Would you go above the rim or blue chips? Because that was the same year. I'd go blue chips. I like blue chips better than I above, love the, above, above the, rim. the rim. Above the rim's incredible. Yeah. Now above the rim is a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know our next one then. It's a masterpiece. It's just it's just fantastic. we Rafe and I think Andrew Sharp and I, we think we wrote 8,000 words about Above the Room for Greatland. Yeah. Was that Tupac's, Concepcion or Sharp? I can't even remember. I can't remember anything anymore. All right. That's it for Sports Movie Hall of Fame. We have, uh, do we know what the next one is yet? Should um, we take suggestions? Well, yeah. Let's get some suggestions. I have a couple in mind. Maybe we'll do a Facebook poll when we post the link for this podcast and we'll give you four choices. Yeah. 
and you can vote on the choices. Do you have a suggestion, Mark Titus? Not, don't say Hoosiers. I would, that's the only suggestion. Don't say Hoosiers. Is there any other no. suggestion? Um, I'd have to think about it. Nothing jumps out to me now. Nothing jumps mm. out, and after fifty years of sports movies, um, nothing. I mean, Hoosiers is the one. That's the I would say like Mighty Ducks for for people that are my generation. Would you go Mighty Ducks or Ducks Two? Ducks Two probably. That's probably the better one. Hard so pass. I, I think Ducks yeah. Two. See, I think you guys are like you have a blind spot to like the. the I don't have a blind spot at all. The, well, yeah, the, I do. The, the yeah. podcast does. You know, we need some. Uh, yeah, well, we were, we tried to keep it last twenty years, but right. I think now we're gonna try to. We've dip had, our toes there's a couple a of bit. suggestions I hear a lot are. Creed, the replacements, uh, replacements, a league of their own. He's got game, so we should mix it up. We've been going, we've been hopping from sport to sport. I'm almost ready for Creed. I think I've almost seen it enough times. Yeah, the it, the the ATV scene. Is that we call those things? Those little yeah. four wheel things. The Meek Mill scene. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Remember the Titans? Is that too obvious? Is no, that that's a like, good one. That that's be, a good one. Here's my know. thing about Remember the Titans. Did we have to paralyze the guy? <laughs> it's it's a it's based on a true story. Can he just like blow down his knee? Do we have to put him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life? It's a feel good sports movie. I can't get over every time I watch it. I'm like, why do they do that? And then Kate Bosworth, I think, is the sexiest racist in the history of of movies. Like. She's fantastic and she's so hateful. There's never been like We're a more hateful. We're definitely not doing Remember the Titans. Right. Yeah. We definitely just have to hope no one is still listening. There's, there, there's never been a more hateful, hot character <laughs> I can remember in any movie. Like she's the worst person ever. And it's like, wow, Kate Bosworth looks great. And meanwhile, she's just horrible. Yeah. You're not backing me on this? I, I don't. Which part? The paralyzing or the Kate Bosworth part? Kate Bosworth. I honestly didn't remember the Kate Bosworth. All I remember is oh, she looks from unbelievable. Bert, and, Bert, Bert, your girlfriend. Yeah, she looks oh, yeah, unbelievable yeah. in it. And she's the worst person. So, yeah, that's another. Maybe we should just save this for the Remember the Titans yeah, podcast. I think so. I think you hit on something. <laughs> it also has one of my favorite tropes, which is the eight-year-old girl who knows sports as well as yeah, the adults. Right. Oh, yeah. The, it's the like human Billy being Bean's that's daughter. never existed yeah. ever. She knows how to, like, break down the West Coast offense. It's like, this human doesn't exist. Uh, anyway. Uh, all right. We'll save that for the next time. Mark Titus. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We'll save you for the Hoosiers one. Yeah. Chris Ryan. Take care. It was great. 